Clap. Clap. All right. Lovely. Are you ready? Nah. All right, all right, all right. Here <laughs> nah, we go. I'm ready, I'm ready. Hello, you plonkers, and welcome back to the Druzy Yarn, episode 11 today. And I've got the best football player in all the lands in my lounge room. I'm actually quite nervous and blushing. A lot of pressure on this one, Gabby. Where's Ben? Benny. I thought you said the best footballer. Nah, he's nowhere to be seen, mate. I've got Gabby O'Sullivan. I labelled it was an AFLW phenom and Fremantle Dockers superstar. So there you go. That's what you are. How's it going? Welcome to the Druzy Yarn. Oh, thanks, Druzy. I feel very privileged. Um, I don't know if anyone would have been saying that about me in the last couple of years, but getting recognition from my number one fan, so very grateful. The Gavio Sullivan Fan Club, population Druzy. Yeah, I did post that and then I had a couple of people inbox, me too, me too. So it's three people now. One of the more popular players, <laughs> yeah, you reckon? I've, I've been around for a while, so it's about bloody time. Been around the block, just sitting in the forward pocket, giving off signatures when the ball wasn't coming down your end exactly and whatnot. Right, exactly right. Um, people might be wondering, what what is Druzy doing knocking around with a with an absolute <laughs> superstar? So we got a question here from Big E-Lodge, and he wants to know how you met Druzy and what were your first impressions? Oh, okay. So you've heard this one before, Druzy. Yeah. Um, I... I still am a teacher at the school where Druzy graduated from. Yes. Um, when I started, I believe you were in year 12. Mm-hmm. Could Around have, that um, end. Yeah. Year 11, year 12. Year 11, year 12. You could have um, been mistaken for a year seven. <laughs> um, I said to – well, okay, long story short, in Druzy's adulthood um, – we met as you were a strength, well you still are a strength conditioning coach. Yes. Um, volunteered your time to help out the state school girls, which I was a coach of. Mm-hmm. And anyway, I asked the football commission, I said, hey, I need a strength and conditioning coach. They said, yep, we've got the right guy for you. Andrew Cox, apparently you used to teach him. I'd never heard of this bloke before. <laughs> and when you texted me to introduce yourself, I was like, apparently I used to teach you. And you go, yeah, I was um, that real skinny kid. And when I met you, I was like, oh, that skinny kid. So I – and I said this to you only now because we've got a good relationship – um, when I first met you, I thought you were like a recovery, recovering cancer patient Yeah, because you sick. were like eyes in the back, like sunk it into your head, paste. I've never, like, you'd never seen a lick of sun and <laughs> you'd, you'd obviously still stayed in the same uniform that your mum bought you when you were in year seven because you, you, you hadn't grown at all. And I was like, someone give this kid some food. Yeah. Someone look after this poor boy. Yeah. So... That's how we met. Um, you used to kick around the the basketball courts. Um, yes. Yeah, I don't think you could quite make the distance of throwing the ball in the hoop. Yeah, well, to be fair, I think that was the only good skill I had in basketball was three-point shooting because I couldn't get in there and absorb any contact without getting snapped into two. Yeah, so, nah, absolutely. But yeah, nah, back in those days, I used to eat sausage rolls and pot noodles and that was about it. used to... Go to sleep at about two o'clock in the morning, wake up at about seven for school. And I just hated my life and yeah. that's where we met. But yeah. yeah, as you were saying, we worked alongside each other professionally yep. Yep. at the uh, state school girls side last year. My first S&C gig went up to Dampier, yep. copped a few W's. I don't think we had a goal kicked on us that day. Nah, not at all. I think it's quite funny because we went up there and obviously it wasn't um, the proper state trip. Like we weren't playing against Victoria, Adelaide, yeah. New South Wales, etc. Um, and it was just like a, a pride carnival uh, against some of the local women's teams. Um, 
And the games were going good and I felt bad that was smashing everyone. No one had <laughs> scored a single point or goal. And then it gets to like the last game and I think they get close to scoring a point. And I'm furious. When they score, <laughs> when they score a point, I was like smiling, but I was like, oh, bloody hell. Like, Didn't why drill do the girls to... hard enough, eh? No, not at all. And then I was thinking, who can I blame? And you're, you're uh, I think you've thrown around Magnet, so your yes. name popped to my head. Yeah. But no, nah, they they did extremely well. And I was I was impressed with yourself. Like you, you wouldn't have known that you it was your first gig as an SNC coach and um, I think I gave you a bit of responsibility especially during mm-hmm. some training sessions um, with you know with the warm-ups and rotations in inside training having a strength block or, or yeah. whatnot so now it was great and um, I, I said it I think in an email weeks later after the carnival I saw you um, go from a boy to a man so not in the sense of puberty you. though no, it hasn't no, hit. It hasn't <laughs> hit. I think it might be hidden right now yeah it might be coming soon let's yeah. see um that was a sick trip though like that was one of the highlights of my year last year going up to Dampier obviously we can't travel very far at the moment or you can because you're an yeah. exception because you're an elite <laughs> athlete exception to the rule hey yeah um but yeah we went up to Dampier stinking hot got to see some good sights yeah. And yeah, no, it was just great fun. And Shame. that was yeah, that was like good for me too because obviously I still had my training program. I needed a complete because I was in my pre pre season training block and pre pre season. Yeah, pre pre season. The, the stuff that's you, that's the graph the mindset stuff you, don't, you want. Yeah, the stuff you don't get paid for. Um, <laughs> and anyway, I, I had verbalized the sessions I had to do because you were probably like quizzing me on it. And I think we got to Dampier and you're like, all right, when's the run? When's the run? you got to go for a run. I'm coming with you for a run. I was like, nah, nah, I'm pretty tired. I'll go I'll go tomorrow. And I think I did save it for the next day. Um, and it was bloody hot, but we went and you led the way. I was just planning on like a nice jog. I think – I can't even remember what we had. It was something like – I think it was like uh, – three times eight minutes consecutive running yeah. or something like that. Yeah, and it, and it, like, to be honest, it's that's not too hectic, but I was planning on... Well, it, it, it <laughs> depends me. how quick... You, well, it depends yeah. how quick you want to go. And it did have, a, a, like, a quite quick of a pace that it wanted to be, but... I wasn't going to do that. I was just going to probably jog it. And you come out and I reckon you set like a three minute 30 pace. <laughs> and I'm here, I'm like, yeah. oh my God, why did I say yes to running with this boy? And anyway, you, you cooked me on the first one. Um, and then I think I had you for the, yeah. next, the next two. <laughs> so I thought if I just got out nice and early, got out in front, I'd have the psychological barrier. Like, yeah, I've had you for breakfast. See yeah. you later. Elite athlete, my ass. And then, yeah, I think after about three, four minutes, I was just absolutely absolutely cooked and you led the way yeah. ever since then i th- couldn't let the um skinny kid beat me at running yeah the little world vision kid yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, a great trip we run on the back this year do you have you actually heard anything so, about what's going well, on well i think they had a meeting last week and uh, i think well they're not going to have the interstate trip uh. unfortunately like it's just if that was to happen it would have to happen in july and we're february right now mm-hmm. it's just covid's too rampant um yeah can't force kids to get vaxxed and that's what you need to be able to come back over yeah, here at okay. least um but i think dampier might still be a goer because yeah. that that prior carnival is still gonna happen mm-hmm. so that could be fun put your put your name forward yeah back to back uh snc reigning champ that'd be good that'd be good yeah. fun get dt and the gang back together yeah, yeah, take our yeah. sharp up for a little trip yeah finally. get her away i saw her um a couple of weeks ago at a basketball tournament oh yeah that's right because she fancies a basketball yeah she, i see her every game she's literally like front row with the baby Spencer and yeah yeah yells out 
Yeah, shout time. outs to Ash if she's yeah, watching. Sharpie, yeah. How's um, she going in terms of getting back into the AFL? Is she just starting out at the um, Waffle W again? Yeah, I think she. Um, oh, I must. I asked how she. I facetimed her not too long ago, actually, with um, Gemma and Michaela Morrison when we were in ISO. But she played in a scratchy, I think, for Swan Districts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. I'm going to try and get to the game tomorrow. I don't know if she's playing. Um, yet, but she was getting back into it because you, ca- mm-hmm. you can't just obviously jump straight back yeah. into it after having after, a baby. Yeah, after pregnancy. Um, but no, nah, she's the kind of person that will bounce back really mm-hmm. quick, I think. Um, and just the type of player she is, like a speedster that's got a booming boot both yeah. sides of her body. Like proper athlete. You don't, yeah, you don't lose that. Yeah. So um, she just once she gets fit again, she'll be able to go straight back in. I reckon. Yeah, that'll be good to see. Yeah. Um, how it has like. Obviously, we had a bit of a dream team going on there. Me, you, Ash Sharp, <laughs> DT, Big Jono, yep. um, helping these girls develop into good footballers. What was it like when you were going through that stage 35 years ago or whatever it was? 35 years <laughs> ago? Jeez, I'm only 28 this year. Yeah, okay. Um, are you talking about like when so I was So just like the um, process of going, like getting selected into state sides and then oh, okay. progressing as a footballer. Where, how was it then compared to now? Um, well, I will talk about it on the sense of basketball because that's what I grew up playing because, um, I've probably told you this story before, but for the Druzy fans, (laughs) um, I played football, uh, for Auskick level and then as soon as I hit 12, you were no longer allowed to play if you were a girl. So there were no state teams or anything like that. Right. Funnily enough, um, the guy who I took over head coach for, so Ollie Beath used to be the state schoolgirls coach for bloody millions of years. Yeah. Um, and so when I was 16, he actually asked me to come try out for that state team. Yeah, I think okay. it might have been the first year it's been going on. So right. I'd say state footy for girls has only been going on for 10, 12 years. Yeah. Um, and anyway, uh, you probably wouldn't have had as many girls – try out as what we had now like I think mm-hmm. we had I can't remember the numbers but it would have been close to 100 150 yeah. girls trying out like Definitely. we had to we had to have like a northern suburbs tryouts and a southern suburbs mm-hmm. tryouts that, that's how hectic it was Massive. Um, and yeah you just didn't have that you probably like you're getting phone calls to come try out like beg to try mm-hmm. out for a state team but nowadays it's literally like get rid of some of these girls because there's just too many of yeah them. but it, it's it's taken a while to get to that point. When I was playing basketball, it's the same thing. You literally mm. had 100, 150 girls trying to try out for a state team and months of training and then final cuts. So um, for these girls, they went through four or five weeks of tryouts, fitness testings, pretty much what they do mm-hmm. in the drafts, skills tests, um, 2K time trial. Vertical jump and stuff. Yeah, vertical jump, agility. Yeah. I couldn't even run 2K straight when I was their <laughs> age. And these kids are hitting like eight-minute 2Ks. Yeah. So that just gives you like an idea of where they're at and where, how it's grown or... How it's um, going to progress into the future as yeah. well. Yeah, I remember running the warm-up at the, the tryouts and it felt just like this massive horde. I was like, yeah. usually you can just run with a tight group, nice and tight. But mm. yeah, there was plenty of people there. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's an interesting point you said about, um, like they're running eight minute two Ks and whatnot compared to when you were knocking about playing yeah. basketball and whatnot, like the future of women's football, you can see it even now in the AFLW, it's just getting better and better year on year. Um, and just, yeah, with the academy processes that there, there are now, you guys drafted guys like, uh, Amy Franklin, Dana East, yeah. uh, Mickey Tarks, 
Morrison. Am I forgetting anyone? Who else have you got this hey, year? Hey, oh, oh, see, this is this has got me now. Are you talking about um, like just th- Dockers this year. or yeah, uh, yeah, Tux? By the way, can you say her last name? Tuckerina. Tuhukarana. Oh, Tuka. I, I've right. been practicing quite a lot. <laughs> so okay, so we call it Tux. Tux, Eastie, Amy. Was J Lo a part of it? No, she's not young. But yeah, like, okay. J Lo might have been no. Okay, so eighteens. I think that's it. Yeah, I reckon you've forgotten someone there. Morrison. Yeah, oh, she part of that. Michaela yeah. Morrison. Was she drafted this year? Oh, drafted this year. Sorry, yeah. I thought you were talking about like state kids that you used to work no, with as well. No, 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 um, no. Yeah, Michaela Morrison. No, Michaela Morrison was drafted last year, but she okay. had like a real bad bad appendicitis and right. um, couldn't play last year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, J-Lo, Amy, Eastie, Tux. Did I say Amy already? Maybe. There We've was said six, her about there seven times, yeah, but yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but just the, the quality that's coming through now, it's not basketballers that want to be footballers mm. or, you know, athletes that are going to give football a crack. It's girls that have been playing football since they were about 12, 13, even Auskick as well. Yeah. Um, they've had all those year, years of development for the first time in the sports history. Mm. So it's, yeah, it's revolutionary, mate. The girls are going to take over oh. one day. Yeah. Um, but then, you, yeah, obviously at West Coast, I haven't looked over East too much, but Charlie Thomas, yeah. Emily Bennett. Um, is Emily Bennett? Yes, she, yeah, and she's yeah. going to debut. Uh, Courtney well, Rowley, Sarah LeKay, like yeah. all these that are coming through. It's going to change the sport for the better, mate. And yeah. you're going to get kicked out because I all know, these. that's what I'm <laughs> so scared of. Like, you either, like, um, what's that saying? You adapt either or adapt evolve. Or, yeah, adapt, evolve, or bloody die. Um, <laughs> no, but when, like you say, like, when I was drafted i was a i was a rookie so they technically got me from basketball mm-hmm. even though they really got me from east Fremantle. um there was like myself ebony stacy barr taryn Priestley, all basketballers mm-hmm. four or five netballers then we got a tennis player in soccer players so yeah. like you didn't have any genuine footballers and i think sarah very is the first one that's kind of done it from kick all the way through okay and she's only in her second year yeah so that kind of shows you how new or not how new but how these young kids are changing mm-hmm. the game how did you play footy growing up then like because you had you have great skills compared to a lot of the other girls like you, you when i watch you you have a real good footy iq you know how to sort of um i don't know be in the right spots and just you're a good kick of the footy how did you develop that through your years of being a teenager and whatnot yeah. even though you, you couldn't actually play it was it was weird because um i always thought like no matter what, like my whole life, I always thought of myself as a good footy player because there was no female comp to like, you know, um, judge myself against. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, I did play like, you know, as a kid, like I said, um, when it's your functional motor skills are are developing. So I, I always had a bit of a knack um, for it then as a kid. And I, I never really put down the footy, um, you know, through my teenage years, like I did play a couple of school games here and there, probably not enough to like consider myself a great footballer like I did, yeah. but um, just enough to still have touch. And then, I don't know, I guess like when you get into the AFL system, you're training, you know, three times a week with a footy and then you're kicking the footy outside of footy training and you're doing yeah. all these things. So um, I look back to my first year compared to now and uh, I've gone, you know, I've gone up leaps and bounds, um, mm-hmm. footy skill wise, um, just purely touching the ball heaps more. But um, yeah, basketball is a good, uh, I guess, transition sport. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, when I first came in, I mean, I struggled with a lot of things, but ground balls were, were one that I struggled with because it's the basketball bounces straight yeah. up, back up to you. But 
game sense, agility, speed, they're all transferable. Yeah, so, okay. Um, and I watched a shitload of footy mm-hmm. growing up. Big and Ben Cousins fan, yeah, as Yeah, Big we Ben Cousins. Still what, have where does that addiction more. come from or obsession, <laughs> whatever you want to call it? Don't addiction. It's well, pretty close. So, like, and, and you know what it's like, footy in, in WA. Like, I grew up an Eagles supporter because my nana got me onto the Eagles. I'm going to have to cut that out, otherwise you're going to get cancelled. No, 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 no. Like, literally everyone at Frio knows. Like, they, yeah. I think... They know that um, I'm not going to jump ship now. Like if I was going to jump ship, it would have been when they first started. So yeah. we're all, we're all sweet, um, <laughs> unless they want unless they want to trade me. Um, <laughs> no, nah, but my nana signed me up as a junior member when I was like four. Okay. And so like obviously being an impressionable kid, and I was playing footy. I might have even worn. I don't want to say, it, but I might have even worn the number nine when I was yeah. a kid. But I don't. I don't actually remember. Um, and going to like junior clinics, obviously Ben had to be my favorite player, like the mm-hmm. best midfielder in the comp. And then, obviously, um, when he got older, he got into some trouble. So I <laughs> kind of like backed off with my obsession of him. <laughs> but then when he came back into the limelight, I was like, I, I, I still bloody love you. I miss ya. you. Yeah, I, mi- <laughs> I miss you. I miss you, Ben. No, but is and he then, still your wallpaper on your phone? Yeah, I can, <laughs> I can confirm. How's a Frio player be. having a, a West Coast player as their wallpaper? I'm not yeah. happy with that. I reckon you need to have, I don't know, any Frio players that what? you admire. Or uh, have you never okay, had so I've got a few favourites. Um, I've got a few favourites just purely from um, knowing them a bit more now and watching mm-hmm. them play. But um, I love the way Lockie Schultz plays. Yes. Like he's such a little pocket rocket, mm-hmm. rocket and little nugget. Um, and I'm kind of like a similar nugget. Yeah. Nuggety player. <laughs> Sonny Walters because he's a good bloke. Um, yeah. You have to, everyone has to love Fifey. Mm-hmm. Um, Caleb Sarong, Andy, Andy Brayshaw. Yeah. Like, all absolute legends mm-hmm. um, and great footy players. but um, Before oh, the pandemic and whatnot, how much were you interacting with the, the boys' side of the club? It was it was kind of hard because they would have their schedule like a morning to Arvo and then mm-hmm. we would cross over if we if you got to training early. Yeah, okay. Um, or incidentally on the, on the weekends at the club if we were in the gym or um, vice versa. Mm-hmm. We're, they were in the gym or we were on the track. So you'd see them a little bit, not – not heaps, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, like I was saying before we before we were live, it, it's a shame because you're one club and there's the boys team and the girls team, mm-hmm. and it makes you stronger um, to have that kind of um, relationship between for sure. both teams. Um, and it's I know it's for the safety of them and us that we don't cross over. Yeah. Um, but it is a shame because you get to talk to them about our game's coming up, how they're going, et cetera, mm-hmm. and get to know them off the footy field a bit better. So it was a little bit, but not not a heap. The break in the podcast this week is brought to you by absolutely nobody. But next week, we actually do have a sponsor. So happy days. You've got a sponsor for the podcast. Get in there. The Druziani is available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So if you could go on to whatever platform you're listening on and leave a five-star rating and a review, it helps out with the algorithm on those platforms leave a like and drop a comment if you're on youtube and enjoy the rest of the episode since we're on the topic of frio let's keep talking about frio i think it's fair to say obviously it hasn't happened yet but your squad is in a premiership window at the moment in 2020 you went undefeated before everyone's best mate covid come in and scrapped that season some of the happier days of your life you were telling me before oh lord have mercy (laughs) so yeah what was that like 2020 you've put in all this work and what were you like seven and oh eight and oh or something yeah, like that yeah i think it was i think it was seven. Oh, i actually can't remember it might have even been as many as, many as nine no i couldn't have been nine 
Undefeated. Let's, yeah, undefeated. That, and that's all that matters. No, nah, but it was it was tough. Like I had just rocked up at the beach um, to do recovery because mm-hmm. we had played the day before against the Gold Coast, absolutely gave them a flogging nice. in the first final. Um, so I was like, yep, I'll do all the right things. Off to the beach now, do some recovery, do some stretching so I can be fresh for a week of training and then whoever we play on the following weekend. Yeah. But I knew there was going to be a press conference and I was like, oh, it'll just be that, like, it'll be, like, no crowds again and something like that, something like that. But mm-hmm. then there was whispers, nah, nah, they're going to call this thing off. And right. I was like, so I just felt super anxious. And then as soon as I got to the beach, Gil came over the, the radio and he was like, the 2020 AFL men's comp has been put to a halt mm-hmm. and the women's has been, like, canned. canned. And I was like... Why the hell am I at the beach during this recovery now? And I was, I was just so mad. Yeah. Like I was saying to you before, um, you don't just you don't just do the work in preseason and then in season when you're playing your games. Like it literally, it's been building since the start, since mm-hmm. you know 2017. Since the last season ends, yeah. really. Well, ex- well, exactly. And it's something that you're, you're always thinking about it every single day. Your choices you make every single day is all for the upcoming season and all mm-hmm. for your betterment of your footy. Um, and the fact that that had to end with no winner, it was not like we weren't good enough. It was mm-hmm. just s- this bloody COVID has, has cut it short. So, yeah. um, And I know there's so many other girls in the same boat. Mm-hmm. That were just mad about it and upset, um, and and who's to say we could have won the grand final? Yeah. But definitely were the strongest team of the year, and mm-hmm. um, it's just disappointing that we didn't get the chance to actually have that opportunity to play in a premiership. Yeah. You know, for sure. But that's still coming, and I, I have faith as a Fremantle Dockers supporter. I've really got into the girls this year as well. Just since, like, knowing you and the girls that have getting drafted, I'm like, why, why would I not watch this? Yeah, this is sick. absolutely. So, yeah, being a Dockers supporter, the girls are playing well. I'm hopping on. Let's go. I've been watching it heaps. And you are in a premiership window. You're playing good footy at the moment. Last year, though, you were real hot. Like, you were looking real good in mm. parts. You were undefeated for a lot of that season as well, right? Yeah, for, like, I the first six or seven rounds? Yeah, I think we won the first four matches, I want to say. Maybe, maybe five. And yeah. we... That year was a funny year. Like last year, we played as if we had a premiership hangover, but mm-hmm. without the premiership. So <laughs> it was a, it was funny in that COVID was still in the air, and we were supposedly going to go to a, a hub in Adelaide for three weeks, and mm-hmm. then it was going to be four weeks, and then it ended up we went to Adelaide, ended up being five days. Mm-hmm. Came back um, absolutely cooked. Uh, and lost, I think, against Brisbane that following weekend, and yeah. then it just kind of all spiraled from there. And okay. um, I think the f- that first quarter of the season, people probably we, we weren't playing the best footy, but people probably um, were still judging us on our form from the previous year. So yeah. that's probably the mental edge that probably gave us the mental edge mm-hmm. for those kind of games. Um, but yeah, it was it was a disappointing year, and we it didn't have the same feel to the previous year. Yeah. Um, what what is that feel like the the team chemistry when it's going right? What's it like just being on the same page as everyone compared yeah. to when it starts like the wheels start to fall off, sort of thing? What's like the moods around it's, the camp? It's hard to describe, but and I've had this same feeling with my basketball team when we won like a state basketball championship. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like everyone knows what they should be doing. Everyone like wants the best for one another. Like it's mm-hmm. super competitive. But you know, if um, say Eastie has twenty possessions and ten tackles in a game, mm-hmm. you know, 
turbos, turbo myself and Hayley are like, yep, good on you. We might have had five touches, whatever. Like, everyone wants the best for one another. Um, the girls that aren't playing are, are knocking on the door, but they're also just as supportive. Yeah. Um, no egos involved well, at all. Well, no, no, yeah. not at all. And that's the most surprising thing. Like, <laughs> you would think there would be egos or little undertones of, of people being a bit salty they're not playing but yeah. it's not like that at all and um when you're playing you just know like it's it's a not an arrogant mentality but you know whatever happens you, you're still gonna win yeah like okay. they, they might have a bit of a momentum swing but now nah, we've got this yeah and it's it's really great but if you don't if you don't got this it's not <laughs> great because like you're still waiting um to say like waiting for something to happen. So, mm-hmm. like, I think it happened against Bulldogs where we were like, oh, we've got this still, we've got this still. And they were like, oh, shit, we actually might not have this, hey. Yeah. And you've got to put your foot on the pedal. Mm-hmm. But you just know, like, every single person's got your back and no matter what happens, you're, you're going to perform. Yeah. So it feels great. What's it like out there when the momentum does swing and, like, things aren't going your way? How do you guys sort of communicate out there and whatnot to get the game back on your terms? Yeah, it's hard because... Um, you know, those momentum swings, especially in AFLW, can have such a dramatic impact on the game. Like, if it happens for a whole quarter mm-hmm. and the other team, say, kicks even just one goal, like, that's enough to win a footy game sometimes. Yeah. Or that's all That's all you need, like, one goal. So, um, I think the thing that we have um, over some other teams is uh, fitness. Yeah. So, we just try and run the shit out of teams um, and hope that we can – get over the top of them so just outrun them when yeah to try pre- to change pretty much like it's our mm-hmm. it's physicality like there's not much when i say there's not much strategies and tactics in it like it's not like we're going to be trying to ice the clock like we're not good we're not good enough or skilled enough to do those sort of things that the guys mm-hmm. might do like sending players back or having different sort of strategies like yeah. it's literally just like run and gun mm-hmm. half the time yeah um so yeah, it's and, and it is all mental, and it might have to take you know it might have to take to half time to get a spray from Coops or mm-hmm. um, messages from the runner. But most of the time, it's just like what we can do physically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. True. Yeah. You see that like in that Melbourne game, uh, Melbourne Bulldogs game in the grand final last year. Like when the momentum shifts, it just mm. changes. Like I don't even you couldn't even see it happening from like the the runners or whatever it was, but when all the players are on the same page, they can just swing the game. It's like funny nothing. you should say that because I've been doing my level three coaching course and we've been AFL analy- coaching, yeah, yeah, and we've been um and anal- well, I looked back at a webinar that I missed and anyway, it was a lot of um analysis of mm-hmm. I think it was um it was a Melbourne and Geelong game, but yeah, but it was they have so many and they're full time athletes and the coaches are that said full-time job yeah. to have all these scenarios and things like that but the players are so across like every aspect of the game like they had this list of what ifs mm-hmm. and I was like what if Dangerfield takes a ruck or what if um we move Salem into the midfield from half back things yeah. like that and so they can because the players are so drilled in those things mm-hmm. it literally can just happen like that and yeah. like oh right Dangerfield's in the ruck so we're going to do this and they mm-hmm. can manipulate the game like that. Yeah, okay. But, you know, for us, it's like you can't put too much information into it because girls are naturally overthinkers and yeah. it's just just let us play. Got to nail thing. the basics. Yeah. You said, yeah, physicality is a, a big thing that mm. you guys do, run and gun. Your tackling pressure as a side is nuts. Like, it is crazy. Seeing yeah. you in the midfield this year as well has been sick because you've sort of adapted that into your game, going from the forward pocket 
Or did you play forward pocket? Yeah, or pretty much. Forward? He's yeah. just, yes, and a half forward. Doesn't matter. You're, yeah, you're doesn't in the matter. midfield yeah, now. Yeah, I'm in the but, midfield now. Um, playing with Turbo and like Hayley Miller in the midfield, how has that been learning from the best player in the competition and yeah. adapting that into your game? So, yeah, my I remember the first – I was super nervous my first game against the Eagles because mm-hmm. I was like, shit, I don't want to disappoint Hayley and Turbo. Because, and me. Yeah, and, and Druzy, my number one fan. <laughs> but, no, nah, they were like – two of the, the best play midfielders in the comp and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'm a scrub that got told a week ago I was going to play in the midfield yeah. and I haven't even trained here whole pre- the whole preseason. So, so were you expecting to play in the forward line this year? Yeah. True. So I had done – yeah, I'd done – we did match them pretty early in preseason and they would chuck me in, but it was only like eight-minute quarters. Yeah. So one of the quarters I would go mid. Mm-hmm. Um, but – and, and against the Eagles I played quite a bit of it in the mid – Phil Seth hurt her ankle in that game, literally the last two minutes in the last quarter. Mm-hmm. And she was meant to be me right. in the midfield. Yeah. And so when she hurt herself and we figured it was going to be a long stint on the sidelines, Trent told me the week before the Eagles game, hey, you're going to be mostly mid mm-hmm. this game. So, um, yeah, that happened and I did all right. And he's like, yeah, you're going to stay, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Sick. But but it is – like I do miss the forward line, but mm-hmm. – um, it is a fickle position in, in that – the forward line, that is, in that sometimes you just won't see the ball at all. You can't work your way into games Nah, and stuff. not at all. And I'm like a massive confidence player, so being at every single stoppage is like helped me massively and mm-hmm. things like, yeah, the tackles and you don't really care about the amount of touches, but you're just naturally around the ball. Yeah. So that's been super cool. Yeah. Did you – so I think your body type is sort of good for the midfield though. You're very – Type two, strong. yeah, yeah no. strong, powerful. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, being in there, being a bit of a bull in there, you change your number to number nine, replicate yeah. them cousins, be a rover. And it's funny get the because job I done. changed my number before I knew I was playing midfield. They did tell me in my exit interview, um, they do one every year after the season, just mm-hmm. wrap it up and tell you expectations for the following year. And they've said this every year that you'll get a secondary position and you'll train a lot in there in pre season and potentially play in it the next mm-hmm. season. And they said to me, secondary position, we're going to focus on midfield for next year. Yeah. I said, wicked, cool. I've heard this for the past five years. <laughs> it's probably not going to happen. But has just that, in that always case, been your goal, though? To get hey, it, has it always been your goal to play in the midfield? Well, funnily enough, I played my first ever game against Bulldogs mm-hmm. in the midfield. Okay. But I was so unfit and my mm. skills were terrible. So, like, I lasted a week and then I got, when I say relegated to the forward line, I just, <laughs> yeah, I just got pushed back to the forward line. Yeah. Um, and anyway, so they said, yep, in the exit interview, going to probably play um, or train some mid next, mid next year. Mm-hmm. And I was like, the, yep, yeah, right. But just in case, I'll change my number to number nine. I'll <laughs> channel my inner Ben Cousins. And so I did that and actually did start, as I said, um, training – well, not training, playing in the midfield mm-hmm. during training. Um, it w- Yeah, I guess it's always your goal because you think – like everyone knows that the midfield's a powerhouse. Yeah. Like, that's where it starts. The mitochondria off the field. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> Another big word from you, Drizzy. Yes. Um, but, yeah, no, I play next to Turbo and Hayley, like mm-hmm. I've said it in multiple interviews before, but they – they make you better yeah. and they like kind of piggyback you and, and drag you along. So being next to those two and seeing their work rate and just how they attack the footy, like it, it's it's rubbed off on me and, um, you know, you always notice it mm-hmm. from watching games or whatnot, but I'm literally right next to them and um, 
yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome to now be a part of that group. Yeah, you're just chasing, well, yeah, chasing their standards, I suppose. Mm. And when you're playing with the, what's the Brownlow equivalent? They don't have a name for it yet, but I'm oh, okay. sh- surely, well, she can't get it this year, unfortunately, but... Oh yeah, it, it actually. I, re- I reckon they might name it the Phillips Medal because I think she might have Aaron Phillips okay. must have won it twice, right? And it's got a good ring to it. Yeah, but it's just the best and fairest. Yeah, but when you're playing with her and mm. training with her all the time, you're always trying to one up her. I'd say like you're trying yeah. to yeah learn off her, but at the same time you're trying to be like I want to tackle, get more tackles than yeah, you. Yeah, tackled her last night at training, and I was buzzing for the rest of it. <laughs> like you're never gonna be like everyone has to be their own player, and you're never gonna be. Turbo or Haley or whatever, um, but if you can do something to positively impact the team, then that's what that's what you're looking for. Or if you can learn something or do something that's more like Haley or Turbo, then you're mm-hmm. always going to become a better. Replicate player. the traits that they have yeah. that are that are yeah. positive. How has the game changed for you going into the midfield? Like, how do you look at the game differently now compared to when you're in the forward line? I feel line? like I feel like if you're in the forward line, a lot of it is relying on opportunity, mm-hmm. um, and you have to ma- almost make something out of nothing yeah. half the time or you're relying on the ball coming into right where you are. But mm-hmm. I think um, for the midfield, it's like I, I've struggled the past like however many games because it's all work rate. Right? Mm-hmm. Like you've got to get to the contest. You've got to be clean. You've got to create space somehow. Yeah. Um, but like I said before, I love being near the ball and mm-hmm. it just gives me so much confidence to be either in the location of the ball or to have the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's just made me, I don't know, a bit hungrier to get to a contest or to tackle a player. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, again, like I said before, I don't want to disappoint Haley and Turbo. <laughs> Copping a spray from them, oh, yeah. I don't ever want one. <laughs> How's Haley been um, stepping up into the captain's role this year? What's that been like, getting a, a change in the guard? Yeah, so I've always called her, just on an on-field thing, I've always called her, like, the female Ben Cousins. Yeah. Because I, I saw, <laughs> I've seen her dominate training sessions and, um, you know, little snippets of it in games and she hasn't um, been able to have, you know, like a season like she has thus yeah. far. Um, but I think Haley thrives on that respons- you know, responsibility or mm-hmm. um, or whatever. Um, and so taking over from Juddy, mm-hmm. uh, I think she's just tried to up her game to another level and she's obviously worked really hard over the preseason to get super fit. Um, and, yeah, I'm super happy that she's playing the way she's playing. But, yeah, um, yeah she's also a great, great leader and she's been in the leadership team for years. So yeah, she's been leading by her. example. There's been a few players that have stood out to mm. me. You're not one of them. You're, you're <laughs> suck. No, no, no. <laughs> um, Ebony Antonio has had a, a great season up mm. forward. She's been kicking ridiculous goals for fun. And when you see mm. someone that plays for Frio and has supported them for a long time, as Frio players should, Gabby, yeah, yeah, yeah. take note. <laughs> it's just like you're, you're living out my childhood dream and like she's so passionate about it um, and then plays the way she does with her heart on her sleeve. It's, it's really good to see. I like it a lot. But what has this season been like? Obviously, COVID affected once again. You played, was it one game at home and then got shipped off over to Victoria? Yeah, we. Um, but we always knew that was going to happen. Like We played that derby round one, mm-hmm. our home game at Fremantle Oval, and then the following week went to yeah Melbourne for what was going to be a three-week stint. First game against um, GWS, and I think we played the Tigers, Collingwood, um, Bulldogs, Bulldogs, and then finished it off with North Melbourne. But... Um. Yeah, it, the thing was like twenty twenty one. Um, 
we didn't think we weren't aware that a hub situation may have happened and mm-hmm. that kind of disturbed the peace a bit and that probably was the reason why I didn't go to plan because there's so much uncertainty but we knew and we um kind of set up for the three-week hub and, yeah um you know invested all into it and um it was a bit tricky especially when the borders closed and whatnot um and there was that bit of uncertainty but I think mm-hmm. we all just kind of like screw it we know we're going to be over here for three weeks. We may as well make the most of it. And that first game against GWS really set the tone for how the rest of the trip was going to go. Yeah. If we had lost that game, you know what it's like. It could, we could have just gone down a slippery slope. Mm-hmm. Um, but we won it. It was a good game, um, followed by another good game against Richmond. Richmond. That was a sick game. Yeah. That's my favourite game of the season. Yeah, that, one. that was sick. That well, was did you see the first... Um, the first ball up? No, I actually I missed the very oh, start. That's what happened? Only, that was that was a sick one. That was my favourite one because um Mim hit it down my throat and then I like sidestepped someone. I probably kicked it to no one, but <laughs> yeah, that's what you watch as a kid, like midfielders yeah. that just get it, rove off the, the rucks tap and then just clean. Yeah. And that was 50. that was my favorite. That's the individual thing. So we don't, <laughs> we don't like them, but like We do. Embrace individual yeah, embrace individuality, them. not egos. Yeah. But yeah, so you went over there, got um, a few dubs. Got a few dubs, got one loss, but that's that's all yeah. right. That, that was a tricky one. Like we were so like emotionally and mentally cooked, I uh, and physically that. as yeah. well. Just like from playing multiple games on short breaks, Turbo couldn't play because she was um, scrubbed out, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the th- I think everyone was probably thinking about getting home too much and, yeah. and North Melbourne are good and you mm. can't have those lapses both mentally or physically because yeah. team, good teams will jump on you and that's mm-hmm. that's what happened but thankfully who did we play oh Carlton on the way <laughs> who did we play no, it's, it's literally blurred all what was the line. point of having anyone out there they only kicked one goal in the first five minutes wow. and then you'd run them so down I, I tell you what though I was a bit worried at the start there because Darcy Vessio kicked that kicked that absolute ripper um on the left so yeah, I was a bit worried after that. Yeah. Got and a few then, scoring shots. Then it was sweet, smooth yeah, sailing. Smooth got sailing. got free tickets. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, no that. worries. Yeah, you're welcome. No, yeah. it was a good game. Both the yeah. games I've been to. The derby was sick and then the, the I love playing game. it free or oval as well because you literally, literally love it. You you kissed I the ground the other day. I, I did. I People, did. You were getting quite a lot of stick for that. I respected it. To yeah, no. Nah, I I did it when we went over to Norwood Oval and Adelaide as well because um well, we joked that myself and Laura Pugh, it was Valentine's Day, the day we played. Yeah. So I was like, oh, Norwood's my boyfriend. <laughs> and then and then we thought we we're going to be there for a bit longer. So I was like, better get to know Norwood a bit better. And um, kissing the grass was the best way to do that. <laughs> but I was genuinely so happy to be back at Frio Oval. And I remember um, running out and I was next to Tia Haynes and she goes, oh, I've got goosebumps, like running onto the oval with yeah. the home crowd, home deck. And I was like, geez, me too. Like it was so great. And just seeing faces in the crowd that you knew and mm-hmm. just that whole vibe it brings to the to the oval. There weren't heaps of people there, but there doesn't yeah. need to be. Like mm-hmm. everyone creates – and Freer fans are the best at that, creating noise. Yeah. Um, and there was a lot of it and I'm glad that we – Played a good game. Yeah, the second quarter was a bit of a stinker, but mm. when you come out after ha- half time, was yeah. just bang, bang, bang. Morrison kicked three. Yeah. Um, yeah, the new girls that have come in, what have they brought that you haven't had in previous seasons? Like 
Dana East is a is a beast. Dana the East, beast, yeah. beast East, whatever. I you call her call Frizz it. now because she's got frizzy hair. She doesn't she doesn't like it, but I think <laughs> I'll go back to Easty. No, but these girls are the girls that haven't had to give up footy, <laughs> so they've got like a phenomenal IQ. They've had their couple of years in the in the waffle comp or state academies where they've basically been doing what we've been doing on a smaller scale. Yeah. So they come in to the to the team pretty much well acquainted with what they have to do mm-hmm. um yeah phenomenal athletes and, and people um but yeah ec adds that grant tux adds that little zippiness she's um, a little you tux i reckon like, yeah got her own she, style obviously. she can only hope no <laughs> <laughs> she's been teaching me how to step and oh, i can't i can't do it what? i told her dad that she's been teaching me how to, you know step oh like rugby yeah. Like, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. she's a kiwi and all that yeah um and i said to her dad like he was on the phone to Michaela and I grabbed the phone to say hi to him and I go oh your daughter's been teaching me how to step and he goes Michaela and I said yeah she goes he goes she doesn't even know how to do that herself <laughs> she 100% does though like she's yeah if she picks up that ball cleanly and runs like no one's gonna catch her mm-hmm. um so yeah and and Amy's uh, we joke that she's Buddy Franklin's yeah. niece or whatever <laughs> um but she's got those great mitts and um everyone that's come in JLo as well that um endurance that she has like everyone that's come in has added something yeah um and they don't look out of place at all like sometimes mm-hmm. when you get the newbies coming in you're like oh they're missing a bit of pace or size or skills but they're all bloody great just fitting in straight yeah. away yeah the vibe's good mm-hmm. you've got a buy this week this by the yeah. time this comes out it'll be after the adelaide game oh. but you got adelaide this week top of the table clash yep. How how's the vibe and the just the general consensus going into that game top of the table let them bang. Yeah, well, the, the good thing about this game, and um, it's probably what's gotten us in a few of the games against some of the lesser opponents, like probably Bulldogs, who we thought um, were probably a bit underdone and, and not as skilled or as good yeah. as us. You can get caught out with those um, lower sides. Um, but we know Adelaide's a good side. Yeah. So everyone that plays us is always going to bring their best footy because we're, they want to headhunt us. Mm-hmm. But we know Adelaide's going to bring their best footy and we yeah. know what to expect um, so you're not going to get that, like, you're not going to let your guard down and yeah. then they get the jump because yeah. you just got to be on exactly, it. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, um, and Coop says that all the time, like, they've been dominant their ho- the whole AFLW competition. So it's mm-hmm. in its sixth year. Adelaide's been in, what, maybe three or four of the mm-hmm. grand finals. Yeah. Um, and they've got the pick of the crop because they're the only team in South Australia. Yeah. So It's a good vibe down at Freo Oval. Mm. Like, obviously, the Dockers have been shifted to Coburn. Yeah. They're not training there anymore, but... Well, that, that's what Fremantle is. The yeah. Oval is in the heart of Freo. You walk out and you're in Freo. Yeah, I think what they're trying to do now, and they might have changed it with the latest COVID restrictions, but I believe the boys were training there once a week. Mm-hmm. And they were – well, Little Birdie told me that they were redoing some of the um, change rooms there. Okay. Um, specifically for us because obviously that's going to be our home yeah. base um, for games, that is. But I think they're trying to bring – Freo back to Freo, not yeah. full time or anything like that, but just got to have that connection. Yeah, mate. you do, you do. That's, that's yeah. where the club spawned from: yeah, East Freo, it. South Freo. Yeah. Putting two I tell you what, though, and I don't know if you know this, I might have told you along the traps. So when we first started six years ago, mm-hmm. Coburn wasn't built yet. Yeah, and I think we moved in there the March of that year, so twenty seventeen. Okay, um, but obviously we only had like another month of the season left, so it was. We weren't really there a lot at all. Yeah. Um, we got there. There was no change room for us. There was – they had this players' lounge that's probably about the size of 
where we are, like yeah. this bit and that bit out there. Um, and there was one toilet and it was a disabled toilet. So, so like literally girls, it was like, looked like a shit heap because the girls just chucked their bags wherever they wanted. If anyone need, needed to go to the toilet, you had to wait a half an hour. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it was so unprofessional. We didn't mm-hmm. – we lifted after training, so there was like 30 girls in a gym, literally, again, the same sort of size yeah. um, as, as this room here. But, yeah, it was so unprofessional. And, mm-hmm. and now um, there's so many more – like, the, I mean, the men's club, I feel sorry for them because they had to do that yeah, full-time, those conditions. Yeah. But the facilities, the people – um, and every other sort of resource that you got available to you, there's you've got no excuse not to be elite. Mm-hmm, for sure. And yeah. like the coaches and stuff that you have as well, I've been lucky enough to work with some of them, the physio and the head trainer, I won't yeah. name names, yeah. but um, the coaches as well, you've got like uh, Jay Van Burlo in there, yep. ex-AFL player, um, Georgia Haynes' dad, Haynes, Danny yeah. Haynes. Yeah. So yeah, we're going to go watch some, some field footy after this. Yep. But um, obviously Trent Cooper as well, like you've got some topper, Topper, prop, notch, I was about to say. Proper top notch <laughs> professionals in there. What's it like having like the, the resources and the minds and the knowledge to, to elevate you to that yeah. next level? No, nah, it's great because I don't think Jay knew what he was getting himself into before he kind of signed up for it. But um, he's been able to – and we've had um, like Gary Kippertson Gary last mm-hmm. year and um, other cameos from the – the uh, Frio boys and whatnot, but just to be able to draw on their experiences and and just some fresh eyes um, and fresh voices, it's it's great. And like mm-hmm. we're just learning heaps um, and we're just soaking it up like a sponge. But yeah, again, the the resources that we have, whether it's people or facilities or whatnot, um, they all yeah drive us to be better athletes and i don't mm-hmm. know if you know much about our um head strength and conditioning coach kate star no I yeah so she she's a bloody hard ass yeah i'm sure you'll get to meet her one day but she um did it she was in the ais for hockey mm-hmm. most of her like teenage years um played for um What's the female hockey roos or are they all called um, Kookaburras? Yeah, Kookaburras. That, like I think that. that's – oh, I don't know. Yeah, not sure. Anyway, played hockey for Australia. Pretty sure she won gold medals and whatnot. So she's elite, elite. Yeah. Um, and old school where she would just like push you, push you, push you mm-hmm. to get the best out of you, which is what you want. When you got people like that and masterminds like Coops um, mm-hmm. driving the team and driving the standards, like you're going to get results. Mm-hmm. When did you sort of – like realize that you need to be pushed like you need a bit of tough love because being a coach and being a coach Mm -hmm. like when you sort of don't give the players what they want to hear sometimes like especially youth athletes they'll sort of like get pissed off at you and be like take it personally yeah Yeah. but like we're not there to tick boxes and just be like yep i tried to do this like we are telling you the stuff and if you listen to this like you will go in the direction that you want to go yeah um so when did you sort of figure that out and what advice could you give to players that sort of find it hard to take criticism because criticism in the end of at the end of the day it's what makes you better as a player absolutely i think um and i loved ryan our previous snc coach but i think it was implementing kate and then trent as well Mm. um because at that point the comp was still fairly new and and um, there was obviously a history of injuries with the female players. So I don't think we'd quite been pushed to our, um, you know, to the extreme. Yeah. Um, and I think we're still kind of learning what our... Um, uh, capacity. Yeah, capacity, exactly, yeah. What, what our capacities are. Um, and 
you know, she she has high standards, Coops has high standards and I think people need to realise that if someone's giving you criticism or feedback or, or um, advice or whatever, they want the best for you. Yeah. They don't, they don't – they're not saying it because they don't like you as a person. They want the best best um, for you and I think um, if a coach is trying to give you that, then – Feel privileged because if mm-hmm. they didn't care about how you were as an athlete, then they wouldn't waste their breath on you. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think take that advice on board and make sure that you're actually doing something active um, about it. You're not just in one ear and out the other mm-hmm. ear. Take it on board because they know what's the best for you and they and they want the best for you. Mm-hmm. That Yeah. When did you sort of realise that? Have you always had that? Have you always sort of been able to use the resources that are available to you to become the yeah. best player? Because, like, the coaches are all there, as I just said, to, mm. to make all the players better. And I, I realise that when I'm working with players, the players that ask me the most questions yeah. that aren't going to stand at the back of the group when I'm talking and, yeah. like, not give a shit about what I have to say, the ones that are standing at the back will have less likely a chance to go far, well, yeah, give or take, compared to the people that are standing at the front. I notice that you always stand at the front of the to be, team yeah, but interviews. That's, that's a different reason. I don't – do you know that I don't uh, – like, I joke about my hearing. Like, I can't hear very well out of one of my ears. Oh, really? But okay. I mean, I can, but I but I also love being at the front. Yeah. Like, you, no one wants to be at the back. Yeah. Come on now. If, you, if you're sure. at the back, you're not – you're obviously not listening. Yeah. Yeah, so I love to be at the, at the front, and that's my thing. One, <laughs> because I can't hear. Two, because <laughs> – yeah. No, but I think – so I was very young when I started playing senior sport. So mm-hmm. I was probably about 15 or 16 when I started to mingle with the big girls in, in basketball that was. Yeah. And, you know, I couldn't contribute much to the conversation, but I could contribute on the court. Mm-hmm. So I was always trying to be the best athlete I could be from such a young age that I think it just kind of was ingrained for me, like in, into me for such a long time that – um, when I came into the, the footy system, like I still had a ways to go and I still think I do, but... Mm-hmm. Um, it's constantly growing. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said to you, I texted you like I think last month saying mm-hmm. like, oh, I still got so many things I want to do in the off season. Yeah. Like this, uh, this year I think I, I wanted to slim down a little bit so I could run more and mm-hmm. I knew I might have been playing in the midfield. So I was like, I need to get on top of that, build my running capacity. Yeah. And I did and I got PBs in the fitness testing and, and whatnot. What was your 2K? I think oh, – so I was going to look it up before. I think it was 7.31 or okay. something. yeah. And Decent. that for me, like I was – so I still remember my first ever 2K I ran and mm-hmm. it was before pre-season started and I didn't know what a 2K was or anything like that. Yeah. And then – and I ne- never even heard of a strength and conditioning coach. Mm-hmm. But there was this bloke called Adam Wolski and he was um, a strength and conditioning trainer at the West Coast Waves, which mm-hmm. is now the Perth Lynx, and for Wace. Okay. And so anyway, he's the only person I knew. I thought he was actually the only strength and conditioning coach in WA. <laughs> and he was like, they're going to get you to do a 2K. You need, you should be getting around this time. And it was like 8 minute 30 or something. Yeah. And that's what they'll be happy with. And I remember running one the next day and I got like nine minutes 30 mm-hmm. and I um, texted him and he must have been thinking this girl has got no idea. Hey. <laughs> and then, yeah, I, I can't remember my first couple of two K's, but they wouldn't have been anywhere near that. Like I think they would have hovered around eight thirty, close yeah. to nine minutes. And I remember one preseason I ran a seven fifty three, and I thought I was a God. <laughs> um, and then just eventually, like, and it is a mental game as well, yeah. but eventually I've learned how to push through that hurt and that burn yeah. to just keep that sort of pace um, and keep building. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I was really pleased with that. But 
preseason was bloody hard. So if I didn't get a time like that, I would have been bitterly disappointed. Yeah, I remember when you held up the board, you on um, when we were up in Danfield, you had KFC on it. It was oh, keep yeah. it simple. Yeah, have fun or yeah. something like that. Have fun. Yeah, F. But you kept emphasizing like discipline, be disciplined, yeah. and, and do the right thing. What was the C? I can't remember the C. Um. Anyway, sorry. Be communication or something. Yeah, maybe. yeah, yeah. Um, but when we went for that run up in Dampier, I remember like we finished our run and we we're walking back and we we're like, man, like I wanted to give up yeah. straight away into yeah. that. And then you just keep pushing past that. And that's, I always say this to the footballers, when you hate what you're doing, yeah. that that's when you're getting better. And yeah. if you do the things that you don't like doing, like you love it, that's mm. how you become elite. That's how you get to that next yeah. level. Um, but yeah, has this been the, the toughest preseason for you then, pushing yourself to, to get into the yeah, midfield? Yeah, I'd say so, especially because I feel like in the past pre-seasons I've been able to so do sessions as a group, like mm-hmm. run with other people or lift with other people, etc. So everything's with a group, so you've got people holding you to account. Mm-hmm. But um, this pre-season, like where I think it was just busy with work and so are other girls so a lot of it was by myself yeah and it's really hard to push yourself mm-hmm. by yourself um but yeah you get better when you as you said when you're doing something you don't really want to do but you do it anyway um mm-hmm. and i think yeah i don't know i think it's just if you've got goals and you've got standards then it is a lot easier um to to want to push yourself and to actually do the work because it, sure. it, it is so easy. Like, as we said in Dampier, it was so hot. There was multiple factors where I could have been like, nah, stuff it. Yeah. This could be my week off. But you got to do it because it's not just, you know, one run that defines you. It's mm-hmm. the whole build up and it's that discipline over a period of time. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, this preseason compared to previous ones, like, Frio told us already the standards they have mm-hmm. and I wanted to play. Like I pride myself on having played every single game except for one where I got rubbed out yeah. <laughs> for the club. Um, and That's I knew some that, longevity. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, and I knew that if I didn't hit those standards, I wouldn't play. Yeah. Um, so fitness was one thing that I could just kind of tick off. Mm-hmm. And then if I wasn't going to get picked, I wanted it to be on my footy, not on my fitness. Yes. Yeah. So, you can be the like most skillful player in the world, but. Hard work beats talent when talent yep, doesn't work it. hard, mate. KD, <laughs> shout out to KD. Um, speaking of KD, basketball. You're a handy basketballer. You've, oh, you've I was to it a, a handy basketballer. No, Not I anymore? S- well, I still fancy myself a little bit. but And I did actually want to play this year, but I think our footy season might be coming forward a little bit. As okay. well. That's that's the whispers anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, basketball is what I went, defaulted to when – Footy was out of the picture. Mm-hmm. So I think I started mucking around with the basketball when I was about 10. Um, started playing properly when I was about 12. Mm-hmm. Um, and then progressed pretty quickly um, through juniors and then to, to senior basketball. Yeah. And I think when I was uh, 19, I moved mm-hmm. to America, got a college scholarship. So and sick. Yeah, it, it was. It wasn't like the movies, but it like, <laughs> again, and that's probably what helped me build some good um, – you know, work rate and work habits because the coach that I played for in my first year, she played for Alabama. Okay. So Alabama was like a massive D1 school and she played in the like 90s or early 2000s when like basketball absolutely defined America, like uh, yeah. Alabama, I should say. Um, and, you know, if she was a guy, she would have been playing in front of like 40,000 people but mm-hmm. obviously as a female not as much but still it was it was hectic over there and she was a hard ass I remember we lost a game that we probably shouldn't have that we probably should have won mm-hmm. 
and she calls a timeout with 30 seconds to go and she goes, whatever we lose this game by is how many sprints we're doing straight after the game. <laughs> Shake their hands, don't go to the change rooms, don't take your shoes off. There was this massive hill um, that was right next to the school. Yeah. So we're doing hill sprints. Starting five will be the first five to finish however many sprints we have to do. Yeah. So we lost by 13 and we had to do 13 hill sprints. <laughs> she brutal. was the kind of pl- um, coach that played uh, the players, you know, so she would hammer the same seven players and maybe yeah. the three freshmen or whatever wouldn't play. So the, the starting five, like I had played, but I was like fitter than a few of the girls. So, yeah, I – I was one of them and then four other freshmen. Mm-hmm. So that was our, that and that was our, genuinely our starting five for the next game. Yeah. Um so just just things like that, midnight workouts, two a day workouts, five AM workouts. That was all pushed on you by her? Yeah. Like midnight workouts. Yeah. Jesus. Absolutely. That that only happened a couple of times. Yeah. Um That's nuts. Yeah, I it like was. It. No, <laughs> it, it was it was good. And so another story was when so they have this I can't remember how many weeks it is, but they've got this rule where you can't be with your coach um, for a certain – like you can only be with your coach training with basketballs for a certain um, length of time mm. for the year. So say it was, I don't know, um, the 20-week rule or 30-week mm-hmm. rule. You can only be with your coach for however that many weeks. Yeah. But she found a loophole in the system because we couldn't train with basketball. So she could be there for all the conditioning sessions, but she couldn't be there for any, like, scrimmages or basketball trainings. So they got weighted basketballs. Yeah, Not actual basketballs, they're weighted. So we had sessions, like, full-on proper basketball sessions with these weighted basketballs. Yeah. And she would – so I remember – I can't remember how heavy they were, but I remember we had to do a layup drill. Mm -hmm. And layups are standard, like you do them with your eyes closed. Yeah. And she was like, all right, got to get – 25 in a row or you need to hit 70 in three minutes or something yeah and so anyway obviously you're getting tired because you're running but you've got this heavy basketball mm-hmm. and every single time we didn't hit the the number we'd do it again and okay. again and again and so like she wasn't happy she, i always remember she was like don't settle on being mediocre because mm-hmm. you, that you can you can get so content and complacent that you just get happy being average and that's like one thing i haven't wanted to do in my career like i was always I was always just okay. Yeah. Pretty mediocre, pretty average, just doing enough to keep my spot in the team. And it's funny now, like, especially in the midfield, like I'm playing okay, but I'm still not satisfied. Yeah. Like I'll have, I don't know, I think because maybe the Eagles game was a bit different and I just felt good because I got way more of the ball than I, or I had a more of a positive impact than I probably have mm-hmm. in my whole time playing. But um, you're just never satisfied with yeah. that performance, and it's Always such trying a to elevate. yeah, it's such a vicious circle though. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, you're never satisfied. Yeah, that's why you got to sort of learn to enjoy the, the moment. Like, yeah, like I don't know if you meditate or anything like that, but it just yeah. teaches you to sort of like not worry about what's coming or mm. what's happened. Just enjoy like each game for what it is. Yeah. Um. Obviously, having that mindset is healthy because oh, it's not healthy, but it's good because you're always you're always getting better. You're always yeah. asking more of yourself. I'm um, always trying to drive higher standards, but at the same time, like you beat yourself up over stuff oh, yeah. that you you probably shouldn't have. And then you, if you take a moment to look back at how far you've come, you're like, I'm doing pretty well for myself. Like I'm yeah. playing at the top level of AFLW. Yeah. I've been playing college basketball, but I've always just beating, been beating myself up. And you don't really have time to stop and smell the roses because, as you said, the moment you become complacent, there's someone yeah. snapping at your heels to take your spot. Yeah, so. absolutely. No, that that's right, and. Like if I guess it's a good thing because I probably wouldn't have been in the system for 
the six years that I have been if if I wasn't driven and, and if I wasn't um, always wanting to to get better. But yeah, you, you do have to stay present and yeah, not, not think too far forward or f- too far back. Do you do much mindfulness stuff? I so I I was pretty big on it in twenty twenty. And last year when I probably should have been with all the uncertainty going around, it's just something that like I didn't use, but this year I've gotten into it. So I'll do like 10 minutes of it before um, I get in my car to go to the game. Okay. I, I should be doing it more. Like I should be doing yeah. it every day. You go to the beach every day. That's a perfect do, time so, to do it. Okay. So yeah. So I've been going to the beach and I just like, you obviously can't be under the water for 10 minutes, but like, <laughs> I feel like I get the same feeling after that 10 minute mindfulness that I would do from when you like dive into the water and then come back up yeah. out of it. Like it's just the same sort of clarity and refreshing mm-hmm. kind of feeling. Um, it's so stimulating. Like you, yeah. my friend Caden says like you, when you're at the beach, all you can think about is being at the beach. Mm. You're not thinking about anything else. Yeah. I'm um, big fan of Leighton, aren't you? Oh, Did- I love Leighton. <laughs> and the beaches in Melbourne, like it wasn't it. Like yeah. it was just, they were disgusting and you couldn't see the, the, um, the ground or whatever and <laughs> yucky water. Like WA's got the best coast. Oh, hundred percent. West coast, best coast, mate. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> exactly. I thought you were trying to drop an Eagles. No, 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 absolutely. Um, no, nah, but I, yeah, you do feel great after that mindfulness or going to the beach or whatever you do to, to clear your head. And we started incorporating it. We've got two minutes before we go into our last team meeting with Trent for mm-hmm. the minute before we run out. Yeah. So we've got two minutes just to do some visualisation. And I think – and, like, literally everyone jumps on board with mm-hmm. it. Like, you don't have to – no one's speaking to you or whatever. You just close your eyes and do some visualisation. So yeah. we started incorporating more – um, into training I would like to do more of it I do um, write quite a bit yeah so like I, yeah I do yeah so I try and use that a little bit because you can like get so um, frustrated with yourself or how you've trained or how you've played but if you put it on paper it's kind of like getting rid of it it's just a vent yeah, yeah. exactly and it pulls um, it out of a different part of your mind yeah. other than your thoughts I always yeah. say you are not your thoughts but being able to write something down it yeah. I don't know it just comes from a different place and yeah. it's just relaxing or you can just like forget about it okay that's off my chest now. yeah Hundred um, percent. So I like doing that, but it, it it's and V J Van Berler, he's one to say that he wish he found it earlier in his mm-hmm. career because I think he might have been one of those people that just struggled yeah. with the present or what or whatnot. Um, but it's a absolutely underrated tool, mm-hmm. and it's it's getting obviously it's it's getting recognised now, but um, I still think there's a long way to go in yeah. that space. It's definitely a, a newish sort of thing, especially in the AFL. Like Phil Jackson, who's the coach, yeah. Kobe and uh, MJ was like massive on it. Like he'd get breath work coaches in and stuff. Brisbane have just got a new um, like meditation coach and stuff like that. And when I see stuff like that, I think Brisbane are a good chance to win the flag now, just after incorporating. <laughs> incorporating some mindfulness and whatnot mm. it's sort of seen as a i don't know a woo woo sort yeah. of thing like i was at uni yesterday and i was talking to um this dude like a proper top dog at the uni yeah. about um yeah meditation and different forms of it and he just like sort of like brushed it off because it hasn't been researched and whatnot but yeah. and i think so many footballers have that same or well, not so many i'm generalizing massively here but if you said to a footballer go meditate, you'll benefit from it. They'll just feel like, I'm not just going to lay down and, and breathe for a yeah. bit. Like, I'm just going to have my thoughts rushing around my head. But after you do it for a, a long period of time, you sort sort of start to get more perspective and, and stuff like that. Um, I did a video the other day talking about breathing before a set shot just to, like, be in the present moment and not worry about all the external distractions and stuff like that. 
But yeah, I think mindfulness is a massive space that footballers could use to improve themselves, as you were saying. Yeah, I, I think Chris Main's one of those. Oh, yeah, he's yes. re- is he retired now? Yeah. Um, but he, he, you know, was very uh, visible in taking that deep breath or, or whatnot mm-hmm. to settle in before he's set shot, and you only get thirty seconds to do that. So it's, it's something that could be, you know, five second thing or a ten minute thing. But um, yeah, I don't know why it has that bit of a taboo to a it. Because, yeah, exactly. Um, because it is it is so useful. I just think it, people um, translate that to being in touch with your feelings, and that's yeah. still not quite cool yet. But um, it's the opposite, though. It's the it's oh, the coolest 100%. thing. It, it's, if it helps you and it makes you a better player, and and everyone knows sport is mental, then mm-hmm. why are you not doing it? The best clips of each Drusian episode are posted on my TikTok at underscore Drusy. If you don't have the time to watch a full episode, but you're scrolling through your phone, you might see me pop up on TikTok. So make sure you go follow that at underscore Drusy and enjoy the rest of the episode. Q and A segment, Gabby. Great. All right, we got some external questions. I'm going to start it off with one. If you know, you know. Could divide opinions here. It's from Bristow. He says, "Who do you prefer, Bristow or Furza?" Again, if you know, you know. Yeah, Furza. Furza. Said like he he's like my second dad. I saw him the other day. I hadn't seen him for however long. Gave me the biggest hug, and I was like, "Oh my god, I love him so much." <laughs> but Bristow, I feel like we have like this not love hate because I never hate him, but he's just so annoying. He's like <laughs> your annoying big brother, like big, tall, macho, redhead, bloody football player, and ugly, mutt looking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's such a menace to society. That by man. the way, these are sport teachers that yes. were my sport teachers and Gabby's yeah. work colleagues, colleagues, now, yeah. yeah, friends, I should say, but um, definitely. Furza. I'm gonna go the opposite. I'm a, I'm a Bristow man. Really? Personally, yeah. You must have had him for like eight RPs. I did. I did. Yeah. Okay. He, he was a great teacher. He um shaped the way I think about how I study a lot. Actually, really? to be fair, if he's listening to this, you did. Yeah, okay. You did me a service. He will. He will listen. He simplified learning for me. And at school, I found a lot of times like teachers would just I don't know fill you with so much crap that you don't mm. need to to read or yep. like revise for the test. And then in PE studies, he'd just be like, all right, this is the syllabus. This is what I'm going to quiz you on. And um, yeah. Yeah, he's very very good like that. He just simplifies things and not – not doing the extras, but if you don't need to know something, like stop. We don't need to waste a breath on that. Yeah. Like stop overloading these kids. Like just tell them what. They, don't make it so vague. Make their learning easy. This is what they need to know, and this is what we're going to teach. Yeah, for sure. It's good like that. He should call out some kids as well on just like I don't know gronk behavior sort of <laughs> oh, thing. Yeah. Just like mucking around. Well, not even mucking around. Like you could have a laugh and whatnot in class. But um, like just some of the popular kids and stuff like mm. that, he just challenge him. He just be like, "What are you doing?" Yeah. Not even in like a teacher's way, like arms crossed sort of thing. Yeah. But um, yeah, mad respect to Briso. Yeah, he's I reckon. Good lad. Is Drusy a huge plonker? Yes, and I don't even know. I never <laughs> even know what that means. That means just like a bit of a not 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 a lad. Is that what that means? Or I, I haven't even given the word a definition. Oh, it's, did you create that word? Not really. It's it's some lingo, yeah. as you'd say. I'll have to urban dictionary that one after. I'll get but that yeah, one I will actually dictionary. I'll actually say yes, you are a huge plonker. I'm <laughs> I'm saying it in a in a good way though. Yeah. Like, so it can be used in a good way or a bad way. Like yeah. if someone's like pissing you off, what a plonker. Yeah. But like if someone's a jolly old fellow, he's yeah, a plonker. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. I'm gonna get it up. You are such a plonker, Rodney, using a sentence. Uh dope idiot moron Wally Pillock Dunderhead Dimwit. Is yeah, the okay. definition. But they all could likewise be positive things. Yeah, but like, yeah, anyway. 
Plonker. Yeah. Another one from my friend Gabriel. Any match day rituals or superstitions? Um, well, I start when I can now, I'll go to I used to be actually really bad with routines and rituals and things like that and not good ones either. Like one of my favourite point guards used to eat a Snickers bar before the game. So <laughs> I was like, Snickers bar and I don't even need that much energy. Yeah. Um, but that wasn't for football, that was just basketball. But I'd try and go to the beach, um, just freshen up a bit. Uh Kate likes us to do an activation, so I'll go for a bit of a jog, a bit of a walk, stretch, mm-hmm. kick. Um, and then shout out to my favourite cafe, Hubble's Yard. They do this um, meal called Mum's Eggs. Yeah. It's, it's basically scrambled eggs but with um, potato and chilli. Okay. So in Melbourne I was making that because obviously couldn't go out. But, yeah. Um, and I'll make that at home as well as my like big brekkie. Mm-hmm. Um, but – So yeah. just getting ready for the game yeah, really. Yeah, basically just like fueling, hydrating, stretching, things like that. Getting but, the body and mind ready. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's how it should be. Yeah. Um, a question from Daniel Jenkin. How do you handle being so famous? <laughs> you know Jenko, don't you? I yeah, do. Of course you do. Um, how do I – oh, yeah, look, Jenko, I'm struggling with it, mate. It's, it's actually funny. Like, I don't like it's, – it's not famous. People just know who you are. Yeah. But I was at um, Nike the other day buying some shoes. I was waiting for the guy to get You're just sponsored and you're a superstar. That's yeah. why you're at Nike. Yeah, bloody – I bloody wish these shoes were expensive. <laughs> and anyway, these – guy and girl walk in they're like hey Gabby and they were chatting to me as if they knew me mm-hmm. and that's the biggest thing like you so many people know you but you don't necessarily know them yeah. and I hate when people are speaking to me but I don't know who they are because I feel rude because I can't ask them about things in their personal yeah. life but they know things yeah about you so um you do have to be more mindful with what, yeah. what you're doing what you're posting because you know you're role modeling behaviors that For sure you do you know, like that responsibility of a role model I, to be honest I've always been like that like yeah. I've never posted anything online or said anything like that's you know p- promotes bad behavior yeah um but and I've always been very conscious of it um but it's it's cool but it's also like sometimes I want just I don't know stupid little things like I don't I wouldn't mind going to the shops in my pajamas <laughs> <laughs> or like barefoot Fuck but I'm like oh if someone sees me they're gonna like if they know who I am, they're going to think I'm an absolute plonker. So you swag up every time you go yeah, to the shops. Yeah, of course I do. You've got to nah. keep that, that swag I image. still go to the shops, my locals in my pyjamas, so <laughs> really nothing's changed. So I finish every podcast off asking two questions, yep. same same to every person. What advice would you give to yourself? Leaving high school is the first one. What could young Gabby have had to had advice in terms of going on to further life? Oh, that's such a good question. I feel like I was so immature as well leaving high school. Mm-hmm. Um, probably just like absolutely challenge yourself, um, put yourself in the deep end, go after all those uh, – or sorry, follow every opportunity um, that you want and don't be scared of the outcome because if you stay comfortable, you're not growing. Yeah. Um, and I think for me I had to get out of my comfort zone to actually grow. Like I was so shy before – I moved to America because mm-hmm. my twin sister did all the talking. But um, when I put myself in the deep end, deep end, that's when I was able to kind of grow. Um, so were you not doing that like as an athlete though? Like, Well, I, I was, but that was – the basketball court was my security. That was, okay. my, that was my home. But it was more like just even networking with people. Like if I – if I was shy and didn't network with people, I wouldn't have got the job I've got now. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have gone to East Fremantle football training, which led to me getting drafted by Freo. Yeah. Um, there's so many – yeah, I wouldn't have the friendships I have now, like coaching gigs, like, things like that. I wouldn't yeah. be doing that. So I threw myself in the deep end. Um, 
yeah, got outside my comfort zone and was able to grow and achieve things. But also, like, just the goal setting. Like, yeah. I always had things I wanted to achieve, but that was just sport-wise, like, not life-wise. Mm-hmm. And I think if you've got no direction, then you can feel a sense of, like, helplessness or, or whatever, um, confusion. So... Mm-hmm. Set your goals. So cliche, but yeah, set your goals. Go we like cliches. Them. We do. I, I love cliches. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, nah, just just go after what you want. We had a bloke on last week who was a bodybuilder and he said if you're comfortable, you're doing something wrong because yeah. you're going to wake up the next day being the same person that you were before and you're never going to evolve as a person. Jeez, it sounds philosophical. philosophical. Yes. You're an English teacher. Yeah, no, no not anymore. So not I anymore. can struggle with the big words now. <laughs> I can teach you some big words. I'm yeah, pretty good at my, my English. But nah, um, when did you sort of, was it once you went to America that you sort of got chucked on the other side of the planet that you could sort of redefine who you were as a person, like clean slate, yeah. this is who I'm going to be sort of thing? It was sink or swim, like over there. Like if I didn't, like if, yeah, if I didn't start talking because I was like, love not having a chat, like just be by myself if I didn't like to you know have a chat um again throw myself in the deep end away from family like I I would have lasted a year and then um just come home and not have achieved anything yeah that kind of opened my eyes to pretty much life and then also you know not being that shy quiet person Mm -hmm. like actually have a chat with someone because it's going to make your life a lot easier when you've got people on your side yeah I mean so working alongside people and just opening the door to yeah, let people yeah, in sort of thing. Yeah, just exactly. I was very close, close shop. You wouldn't believe that, hey? Like know, you, you are the polar opposite these days. Yeah, exactly. What, so. what is the longest length of time you have gone in the last year without just not shutting up? People say <laughs> I can't even shut up for a minute, like I can't sit still. But it's obviously nice to have that quiet time by yourself. But yeah. like you absolutely buzz after having a conversation with someone like mm-hmm. it's hardly ever negative but like when you're having a conversation with someone like I love that connection yeah and that's what I've said and that's why I like coaching and that's why um you know I really love being the leadership team as well at Fremantle because you mm-hmm. get to create relationships and connections um with people and that obviously starts with a conversation yeah if you don't talk it's very hard to get close to someone yeah so that's what gets you ticking, human yeah, interaction. Yeah, human, yeah, I love that connectivity. Yeah, you need it. We're, we're social beings. Yeah, You've got to yeah. look at each other and help each other out and yeah. try to level each other up. Yeah. I like it. All right, last one. Where do you see yourself in five years? This one I'm, I'm interested in because you like when I have interviewed people on the podcast in, in the past, they've been like, well, I want to be doing this as an athlete or I want to be yeah. having this. Like you're, you are in your sort of athletic prime now. Yeah, I know. So in five years' time, where do you see yourself? So I'm, 20, I'm 28. So – and there's – it gives me hope that there's girls in my team that are into their 30s. Mm-hmm. But five years oh, – if I'm not – like I – I'm hoping to still be playing football, yeah. but that's a massive ask, especially with the kids coming through now. Like I've always mm-hmm. said, um, and maybe it's because I wasn't playing any decent footy, but I've always said that I'll move aside for the young kids. Yeah, <laughs> you say <laughs> but that. But now I'm like, nah, screw it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, honestly, like being an athlete has defined my whole life. And yeah. I I hate saying that, but it has. Like mm-hmm. it's the reason why I've got what I've got today. Um, but hopefully I've got a couple of premierships under my belt, but. I honestly do want to get into the coaching side of things and mm-hmm. I would love to coach at AFLW level. Sick. I, I, like, it's a big ass to be at AFLW coach in five years. Like, that's not even on the radar for, mm-hmm. you know, potentially 10 years. Yeah. But um, I would love to slide from um, 
a playing career into a coaching career. That's definitely achievable. Oh, I, I, I think so too. Like I've got so much to learn, but that excites me heaps. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think realistically if I'm not done, I'll be close to being done yeah. playing-wise. How's your body holding up though? Pretty yeah, solid? Yeah, t- touch wood, like pretty good. Um, yeah, I, I feel like in previous seasons I've had a few niggles here and there, but mm-hmm. um, I think, you know, again, credit to the strength and conditioning coaches and that, but um, I feel good and I've felt like I was prepared for the season. Yeah. Um, we're about the halfway mark now, like – yeah, I'm I'm feeling fresh. So yeah. I re- I really can't complain. Um and I am in my athletic prime. Yes. Um and you know going to the midfield's probably added some longevity to, to my career cuz I can always go back to the forward line. Yeah, you know? okay. Yeah. I've always been scared before. I was like, you know, usually players when they get old if they've been playing in the midfield, they drop to the forward line, but the forward line guys have nowhere to go and like forward line you're in the cemetery just about. Pretty yeah. much. So now I can go, it's maybe brought me a couple more years, midfield. Half then, forward. Yeah, half forward and maybe full forward. And then forward <laughs> And then, I, yeah, <laughs> bench and then out. So I could still be playing if I'm very lucky and things go my way and, and if I want to, if I'm still enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Um, but if not, hopefully I'm coaching, uh, assistant coaching or helping out a side. That's definitely achievable with the network links that you have and yeah. doing your AFL coaching stuff. You said before that like you have been defined by being an athlete. Is there any negatives to that? Because from an outside perspective and like every kid that watches footy, they yeah. want to be that. And like I've been exposed to all different people from different walks of life and whatnot. And it's safe to say like the way that you live your life is like, a one in my yeah. eyes. So, what are the positives and negatives that come with it's, that? It's it's good because, like, obviously, as you said, everyone aspires or people that aspire to go far in their football aspire to be at that top level, which mm-hmm. I'm I'm at right now, and it's great because I'm living out the dream. Yeah. Um. But I guess it's like when you don't have that life anymore, and you lose that sort of identity, and people get very, um, especially the male players who get drafted at 18 and if they have a long career, like, what do I do? I'm 30-odd yeah. years old and all I've got is my, my footy career that I yeah. can't, can't do Come anymore. out of high school and then 20 years yeah. later, you're like, what's going exactly. on? Exactly. Um, and that's why I'm so fortunate that I've obviously got my teaching career and mm-hmm. potentially a, a coaching career because it's, you know, I've always got something and other identities I can lean on. But yeah. um, it's good as well because, you know, young kids look up to you and I think I've, lead a, a good life that can be that I that I role model well so you know it's it's a positive thing um yeah but negative is like you there's no escaping it like if yeah. you're still in it and sometimes you get tired of it and and whatever but um you know that you've kind of invested so much time into it you've you just got to see the worth but sometimes especially if things aren't going right mm-hmm. like we've had a few seasons which have been pretty bad um you don't want to define yourself yeah. by being a football player for Frio. Yeah, um, okay. That's just the ebbs and flows of yeah. consciousness, mate. Like yeah. <laughs> having that like, oh, do I, is this for me? Is this yeah. for me? And then you're out kissing Frio over. Yeah, the next then week. you're out kissing Frio <laughs> over. Exactly right. But yeah, I think that's a good place to end it, Gabby. Beautiful. So you've, you've smashed it. Hopefully we can see you with a, a premiership medal around your neck. Bloody by the end of thanks, Drewzy. But yeah, thanks for coming on. If there's anything you'd like to say to the camera to sign off. All I'll say is, Double good on ya. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Thanks for coming on. Thanks no for giving worries, me your Drizzy. time. We're going to go watch some sooty. Yep. Anytime, um, mate. Yes. All right. Thank you very much. See you in the next episode. See Take care. Later.